Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the uh, middle of September. Fall is in the air here in D.C. Yes, it is. Looking forward to fall. Um, all the kids are back in school, and um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice time to be alive. That's for darn sure. That's right. Now, but okay. speaking of nice times, Jim, uh, there was, I think, the last of the primaries only last night. Yep. And uh, I'm curious if the outcome has you uh, backtracking even more than you've been backtracking. <laughs> you've become one of the great backstrokers in modern Olympic swimming. That, that's true. Uh, that is uh, that seems to be true. Yeah. So so last night I think the the the, the last two were Rhode Island and New Hampshire. Uh, no real surprises in uh, in Rhode Island. Uh, they've they've got one open seat for a retiring congressman, and I think that's shaping up to be a real uh, a real. Uh, a real, a really good race, and, a, and an opportunity for a, a moderate Rhode Island Republican, uh, the former mayor of Warwick, to uh, to actually flip a uh, a New England seat from from blue to red. So we're going to be watching uh, that one very carefully. I know our our Rhode Island builders uh, are uh, are going to be very active in that race. Uh, and then the other one uh, is the one that gives me a little bit of pause, and that's in New Hampshire. Uh, the the, uh, the the New Hampshire has set their uh, their their races uh, for uh, their congressional seats, but probably most importantly, uh, the challenger to sitting Democratic Senator Maggie Hassan. Uh, they have uh, they have chosen, uh, I think, what would be described as kind of the, the pro-Trump, uh, you know, uh, Republican uh, in the race, a uh, former former Army general, and he is uh, he's a, an election denier, uh, and there and he beat uh, a uh, pretty pretty handily a uh, an establishment candidate. What they they term the the more moderate established candidate who has had the backing of Governor Sununu up there. So I think that 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 Maggie Hassan race was one of the ones uh, pickup opportunity for Republicans. I think with uh, you know, a, a far right candidate, unless he can pivot quickly and move back to the center, uh, that that may be. Uh, I think picking up that seat's got a little more difficult this morning. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Jim, and I think it illustrates for those of our listeners who don't follow this as closely as you and I do, that in primaries, it's generally the very, very loyalist base that gets out and votes. It's not often the moderate Republicans or the moderate Democrats anymore. It's the hard right and the hard left. And hence the candidates are becoming very reflective of, of, of these extremist positions. And in a state like New Hampshire, um, which has been uh, if anything, the most Republican of all the New England states uh, for probably the last 20 or 30 years, um, there was a real chance that a moderate um, mainstream New Hampshire Republican uh, could put up a good fight. I have serious doubts, um, and we're both have, we both have strong ties to New England. I have serious doubts whether a hard right candidate could, uh, could, could win in that state. So I think the Republicans um, probably lost an opportunity there. Yeah, it, you just, you, it's one thing to get <clears throat> through the primary, but you've got to attract uh, that uh, that moderate Republican or moderate Democrat vote or, or, or more importantly, independents. And we'll see what happens. We've already seen some of the far right candidates uh, try to scrub websites uh, or try to backtrack from, uh, from some of the, the things they've said over the past several years in order to set themselves up uh, as a viable candidate. So 
Uh, yeah, uh, but but that but now officially we've we've wrapped up the primary season. The general elections are set, and uh, and we're looking forward uh, to participating, uh, supporting pro housing candidates across the country: House, Senate, Democrat, Republican. Uh, I encourage our listeners to uh, to work with your Build Pack trustee, uh, not only to support the pack and, and make sure we have the funds necessary uh, to elect pro housing candidates, but also uh, to offer your suggestions for endorsements. Uh, NHB endorses congressional candidates. And it's a great opportunity for NHB's political brand uh, to not only support uh, a candidate with, with money, uh, but also to then go out and actually advocate uh, and urge people to pull that lever uh, for, for the, the pro-housing candidate in the race. So uh, that's something we're, uh, we're looking forward to as we accelerate into uh, November 8th. Jim, we've got a very uh, important guest with us here today, uh, um, Kevin Harris, who I'm sure you know because he's very active in several levels of NHB. He's the uh, co-chair of the Board of Trustees of our Leading Suppliers Council. He's a trustee for the Remodelers Council, and he's the liaison for the council to the NHB Single Family Builders Committee. Um, he is a very involved guy at NEHB, and when he's not doing that, he is uh, the director of sales and marketing for AGS Stainless, which is a railing manufacturer that specializes in off-site fabrication of custom rails. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Happy to be here. Welcome, Kevin. Good to see you, Jim. Kevin, uh, how do you have time to do anything for AGS when you're so busy with <laughs> NHB? <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of a, a nice situation where a lot of our clients are builders. And so I look at it as a way to give back. If it weren't for builders, we'd have no business. So me being able to share some of the um, strength of a product manufacturer in support of the people who really keep us in business, it's really a privilege. That's terrific. I think that that kind of volunteerism and give back attitude uh, is what makes our organization as powerful and as effective as it is. And, and thanks for giving us some of your time too. But listen, tell us a little bit about AGS. Well, we're unique as a railing manufacturer, most stainless um, railing that's included on a project is created by a metal fabricator who is located in the vicinity of the project. And uh, the, the fabricator then builds what they can of the railing in their shop, but then they rely on on-site adjustments to dial the railing system in. So Asia Stainless, we've really taken the lead in our industry for railing manufacture with offsite fabrication. So the difference is we will fabricate the railing system 100% offsite. So there's no onsite adjustments or cutting or welding. Uh, we componentize the railing system. We number all the components. We create the easy to follow installation instructions. And we send the railing system out, regardless of complexity, ready to be installed. So that does a couple of really nice things for our builder partners. Number one, it keeps them from having to be dependent on a highly skilled labor short, uh, uh, source, which are metal fabricators. So because the railing is custom designed for that project and then completely fabricated, anyone on the builder's team can install the railing system. There's no need for uh, a highly skilled metal fabricator. So that's one of the really big pluses is it gives control of the railing installation 
back to the builder. The builder is not dependent on uh, another business, uh, a metal fabricator to control that part. Kevin, how was, uh, so how, how does the builder interact with you? So I, I get it, you, you fabricate offsite, send it, send it to the job site and the builder and his crew puts it in, but, but where's the builder interact with you at the, at the front end of that process? So usually the very, very front end on uh, higher end custom homes is the architect. So we spend a lot of time doing continuing ed, helping architects to appreciate that not just with our product, custom railing, but with many products that they're using in their projects, if there is a chance to use something that's been prefabricated, then they're going to do their builders a real service because the builders then aren't dependent on highly skilled labor to execute that part of the project. So we do a lot of continuing education on projects like remodels, things like that. They don't always have uh, an architect or design build firm. So there we're really helping the builder because we are specialists in railing fabrication. We've been doing this for over 30 years. It's the only thing we do. We're not uh, local fabricators are building hood systems and trellises and awnings and tables and you know anything out of metal. We only do railing systems. So there's no railing challenge that we haven't dealt with many times. We'll provide all the engineering calculations technical drawings. We're just a really great resource for that part of the builder's project. Kevin, so, so it, it, the builder doesn't have to have uh, any of his team trained to do this. They just follow the instructions and away it goes. Yeah, uh, Jerry, that's exactly right. So we started off prefabricating railing all set up for the homeowner to install it. So we made our system super simple. So what we find is the first time a builder works with us, they're hooked because it's the simplest railing installation they've ever been involved with because everything was custom designed for that home and prefabricated. So the railing shows up ready to be installed. It gets installed very, very quickly and the builder is off to the next project because as you know, um, railing is typically one of the last things that's handled before you get the certificate of occupancy. So helping builders to get off that project and onto the next one while reducing their installation time uh, is one of the big benefits of working with someone who fabricates entirely offsite. Hey, hey Kevin, uh, so uh, two, two questions as we're coming out of the pandemic, but, but two, two questions. One, how did the pandemic affect your, your sales, your business? What, what, what did you see uh, with your customer base? But two, um, you know, obviously, steel is one of the you know, one of the, the the big components. There's been a lot of disruption in the supply chain. Tell us how the pandemic has either either helped or disrupted just the raw materials and your ability to provide a, the product to the to our members. Yeah, thanks for that question, Jim. So, on the subject of how did we do, we did very well. Our <clears throat> our industry, um, uh, stairs, railings, outdoor living products, fared very well over the last few years. Um, with a lot of people refinancing, having money to spend, spending time at home, looking around and saying, uh, I should fix up that, I should fix up that. Well, uh, replacing the old railing on your interior stairs is one of the most cost-effective ways to completely revitalize your indoor living space. And then particularly for stainless, uh, there's no 
commonly used material for railing that exceeds stainless and visual impact. And if you think about it in terms of high-end kitchen appliances, you know, you've got a sub-zero refrigerator or a wolf gas range. What are the chances they're going to put aluminum on the front of those high-end appliances, right? It's limited. They're going to, if there's going to be metal on the front of a very expensive kitchen appliance, it's going to be stainless steel because stainless has that wow factor. You walk into the space and you just go, that's gorgeous. Well, more and more people have been willing to invest more, especially in their outdoor living spaces. And so with the ease of obtaining information on the internet, people are discovering, oh wait, stainless is an option. Even though it's not the number one metal used for railing, that's aluminum. A lot of people that are looking there and saying, how much is the builder? How much is it gonna cost to redo my outdoor living space? Okay, before you buy anything, let me look around. And then many homeowners discover stainless. They don't have to have an architect recommended. And once they see it, they're, they're all in. So we've found that our level of business increase and a lot of it was driven by the homeowners themselves. And for us, because we have super standardized, we only do railing. And with offsite fabrication to meet the value proposition, you can't create everything that a fabricator could create. So whatever the architect dreams up, a local metal fabricator can create. But with offsite fabrication, you have to standardize. So rather than having 200 different post styles, we have the two most common styles. Rather than <clears throat> having flowery leaves and all the other cool stuff fabricators can do, we have five different super attractive infill options. And then additionally, we fabricate to the industry's highest standard of quality. So when you take all those things, we limit choices to just the strongest candidates. We buy our raw materials very concentrated. So where a local fabricator gets the order and then goes and buys what's necessary on a one-off basis, we buy all of the raw material that we're gonna need for the year in advance. So we've been able to move very easily through the supply chain shortage because we standardized on the materials that we purchase and we buy in huge quantities. We fabricate more stainless railing for <clears throat> single family residential construction than any other metal fabricator in the US to the best of my knowledge. That allows us to really standardize. Like for example, the stainless quality, the most common stainless use in railing fabrication is 304. We standardized on 316, which is known as marine grade stainless years ago, because buying in huge quantities allows us to bring the cost of 316 stainless down so we can just offer it to all of our clients. So again, great, uh, great question. And I think it really lends itself to that question or that statement of what a difference offsite fabrication, uh, uh, modular construction, what advantage those techniques can bring to the construction industry, especially as it relates to dealing with the, the um, housing shortage. Uh, offsite fabrication, modular construction, these are all the tools that it really looks like are gonna be able to help us get a better hold on the housing shortage. Yeah, but I assume that uh, our builder members will be able to see your product and learn more about it at the uh, forthcoming International Builders Show in Las Vegas, is that correct? Yeah, Jerry, we um, are big, big supporters of the International Builders Show. 
it's an opportunity for us to show the builders what's new, what we're working on that's new. And typically we're participating either in the new American model, the new American home or show village where we're showing our railing installed. And then that gives us an opportunity to, to really work one-on-one -on -one with the builders that are attending. So we were just so pleasantly surprised and pleased with the attendance at the 2022 builder show. And I think that in all the conversations I had with builders, everyone is super excited about 2023 in Las Vegas, Vegas. So we're eager to get there and it's gonna be a great time. Well, um, let me just say this to you. You're right. Um, registration for the show opened uh, the first of this month and we're running well ahead of where we were uh, for the same time out in, in last year's show. We're gonna awesome. have a super show and uh, I hope it brings you and your company a whole lot of success, Kevin. Thanks, Jerry. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, does AGS have any, any, any new products coming on the market? Uh, you, you laid out your product line, but, but anything new that our, our builders should be aware of? Absolutely. So um, although we've been doing custom railing for over 30 years, um, most of the clients that we work with are it's high-end custom home builders. One of the things we wanted to do was to allow more budget-friendly projects to enjoy the beauty of stainless steel on their stairs and decks. So we created a product that is new to the market, but it's really finding a lot of support. And we found a way to eliminate the need for custom design work from the stainless railing um, product so that it could be inventoried along with all the aluminum railing products at local lumber yards. So that product is called Cascadia and it's a rod rail system that builders and homeowners are loving. I'll just give you one quick example. <clears throat> Everybody loves cable rail. Well, one of the challenges of cable rail is that periodically someone has to go around and tighten retention the cable runs. This rod rail system doesn't require any periodic retentioning. So there's only eight components. Again, it's called Cascadia. Uh, instead of having a post for the straight run, a post for the stairs, a post for the corners, you know, cable rail systems have scores of parts. Cascadia has eight components. So the same posts that you would use on the stairs, use it on the straight runs. So we really simplified the system so that it could be easy for building material uh, uh, sellers, dealers to inventory, really easy for the builders to install. And it, it um, allowed the cost to come down from what you would typically expect from a custom stainless railing, allowed the cost to come down so that it could compete head to head against your typical aluminum cable rail system. So again, that product's called Cascadia. It's available at local lumberyards throughout the country. We're really excited about it and hoping that more and more builders can discover it because as I mentioned before with the high-end appliances, when you put stainless railing on your project, you're doing more than just providing functionality. There are a lot of different ways to keep people safe walking up and down the stairs, right? When you use stainless, you put uh, a functional artwork in your client's home. You put a product that can add just as much beauty to the living space as a painting or sculpture. 
we're hoping that more and more builders discover Cascadia because it will allow them to level up their clients' homes and the clients will thank them. Well, you've sold me, Kevin. My wife and I are getting ready to do some uh, renovations on our outdoor space in our house and I'll tell her about AGS and have her take a good look at it. How's that? That sounds good, Jerry. Thank you. All right, well, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Take care, gentlemen. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye. Well, Jim, you said it. That was a very interesting uh, interview with Mr. Harris. Uh, Kevin is a really, really a good guy and a, and a guy who's so active at NHB that I, I really hope that our listeners will consider uh, using his products uh, when they're looking at their next uh, project. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, the, it, it's just our leading suppliers council, just like our, our associates council at large, uh, you know, doing business with the members really, really important to, uh, to both builders and, and, uh, and our suppliers. And associates. So looking forward to seeing him not only uh, is, uh, in his role at, uh, at the fall leadership meeting in Kansas City, uh, but, but also again at, at IBS in, in Las Vegas in January. And uh, when we come back uh, in our next broadcast, we'll be getting into the political situation. You never know with the ebbs and flows of life what will happen. I boldly predicted uh, in the spring that the New York Yankees would uh, win the World Series. Uh, they seem to have faded uh, over the course of the summer, but they're bouncing back. Yeah. And uh, just as baseball changes uh, regularly, so too do, do the winds of politics. And Jim and I will keep our fingers to the wind and we'll uh, be back with you soon to, uh, to, to keep you guys informed as well. And with that, I'll say thanks for listening uh, to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Bye.